Our guest today played quarterback in the NFL for 10 years after being drafted by the Washington Redskins in the first round of the 2005 NFL Draft. He played his college football at Auburn and spent time playing for the Raiders, Bears, Browns, and Bengals as well. He is now a speaker and a member of the Auburn Radio Network team. I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Campbell right now on Unpacking It. Jason, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Can't complain. All right. Well, we're we're glad to talk with you, and and I want to hear all about your your story. But just throughout your career, you experienced being a starter as well as a backup in the NFL. So so what was that experience like? And and maybe what don't fans maybe even realize just about the the difference between a starter and a backup, the the mentality between those two, and just kind of what your experience was like. Yeah, from my experience playing the league in that in those positions where when you're a starter, you feel you feel more comfortable. You know, you get all the reps and practice that week. You know, you know kind of what's coming. You know, you get a chance to get in the groove of your game. But when you're the backup, you only run the other team's back, uh, the other team's reps, and yeah. uh, so you don't even, you may get three or four plays a week where you run your offensive team reps. And you're not getting an opportunity to throw with the guys and, and uh, build chemistry where you just started. You get all the reps, you get all the chemistry. So it's harder to be a backup than it is to be a starter in the National Football League. And I tell people that all the time. But, yeah, you can come off the bench in the middle of a game and kind of get hot because the team didn't prepare for you. I yeah. said, and uh, you kind of sneak up on some people. I said, but, you know, when you – and it's harder if you come in a game you're not, not into a rhythm, especially if it's a cold game. You're in Cleveland or Chicago and then. 10 degrees, it's hard to come off the bench for sitting for a quarter or two quarters to be thrust into a game and think you can just get hot real quick, you know, because the weather and everything. So it's, it's differences in both of them, but it's harder as a backup because you have to prepare a lot harder. You have to spend extra time after practice, time in the film room, because you don't, you never know when you're going to have the opportunity to play. It's just like life. You know, you just never know about the different circumstances and how life changes at times. And, that's how you feel being a backup. You know, you're always on edge because you just yeah. never know when it's that moment you got to go in and play. Wow. No, that, that's a that's a really good perspective. And and I'm curious, too, what makes maybe the, the best combination between a, a starter and a backup? Because sometimes we'll see like a young QB with a, a veteran quarterback backing him up as kind of a, a support guy. Is there maybe a combination that, that works the best that, that you've experienced over throughout your career when you played? I always, I've always been an advocate for having a veteran quarterback behind a young quarterback. If you're going to bring in a young quarterback to play, you want him to play early. I always say, well, you need somebody in the room, the kid that's gone through the trenches and someone that's played the game and had to go through the highs and the lows and how to prepare for a game and how to study film and, you know, what you got to do to keep your body in shape, ice tubs and massages and just different things. And I've always said that, a veteran can help a young guy. But towards the end of my career in the league, it seemed like the NFL started going away from that. They mm. started putting younger guys with younger guys. And I was just like, that's just, I like, you don't have trouble because I like, if a kid starts to hit, 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 a, hit a wall, who's going to be there to give him advice because you took all the veterans out of the room because you got to a point where you didn't want to pay veteran quarterbacks. You better go get a younger quarterback and pay him a lot less money just, to, just from a salary cap standpoint. And you look at Philly, they was paying Nick Foles five point five million this year as a backup, mm-hmm. but they had went in the room and they said to themselves, "Hey, if we had one game to win, can this guy win it for us?" And they all agreed and said yes, and they ended up giving him that contract uh, and everything. And he showed them why it was important for for them to have that backup because you're always one play away from playing. 
And I always say you always got to have a guy, especially if you got a good football team like a team like Philly. You don't want to have just a backup on the team that you're going to pay less money to just to have a guy there. Like, no, if the guy got to be called upon, you want to be able to depend on him. Your teammates want to be able to depend on him. So, you know, I remember when I was with the Raiders in 2011, I was having one of my best years as a pro. And I ended up breaking my collarbone six games in. And, you know, that's one of the better seasons Oakland has had and since the Rich Gannon area, you know, we started the season off, we was rolling it, you know, we were hitting on all cylinders and we had a really good nucleus and I can look around and say, man, this is going to be special for the next four or five years. And all of a sudden you get hurt right before the halftime and then this day you know you're in the hospital and you wake up out of surgery and they've already traded for Carson Palmer, who wasn't even playing at the time. He decided he wanted to play for the Bengals that year and they traded for him and then they gave him my contract. Oh. And that kind of stung me hard because I was like, man, I'm 12 and 7 as a starter in Oakland. Y'all ain't had a winning quarterback since Gannon. Things are just turning out to go right for me. Like everything's hitting on right, all cylinders. Got a good young team. You know, we're growing together. We're gelling together. We have a brotherhood. And then all of a sudden, you know, one or two people make the decision to trade for Carson and bring him in. And then what Stone, they gave him my contract. He was at home on the couch. Yeah. So I feel like I had earned my contract and they took it from me. And that kind of stung me. And from that standpoint, I want to start looking at the NFL from a totally different view. Like, how you say, okay, you work hard, you do what you're supposed to do, and things will pay off for you. Yeah, that's true. But also, you got to be in the right position with the right type of people that know what they're doing. Otherwise, you know, your career and anything can be sidestepped. But I'm also a firm believer that things happen for a reason. You know, uh, I was engaged at a point at a time in my life during that time with a young lady. And during that injury time, I had a chance to sit back and reflect and uh, I saw that we were incompatible wow. and uh, we were unequally yoked and so many other things. And I was just like, man, like this is not the woman for me. I suppose to marry. Not that she's a bad person. She's just not the woman for me. Mm. So it gave me an opportunity. So I ended up having to you know, call off everything, that, the wedding and everything, maybe a month and a half before. And I remember I caught a lot of flat publicly from a lot of people and everything. And I was just like, you know what? I don't really care what other folks saying because I know God has spoken to me at this point that, this is not who I supposed to marry, and I'm gonna stand firm with that. So, wow. you know, through that injury, that opened my eyes up to what was going on in my personal life. Because you talk about marriage, you want to talk about a lifetime. Man. So, yeah, I may have missed out on a bigger money contract, but I'd have been more miserable and going through more headache than something that has nothing to do with money at all. Man. Wow. No, that's that, that's an incredible story, and we're we're talking with Jason Campbell right now on unpacking it and and former nfl quarterback and and, and jason i want to talk talk more kind of a, about your your story um and, and we'll get into even some of the things that you just mentioned in, in, a, in a second but but i did want to get people up to speed with with kind of what you're doing now and and so you retired in 2015 played 10 years in the league and and so how has that transition away from the NFL gone? And, and what are you maybe most excited about what you're doing uh, now that you're no longer playing? Yeah, the first year out of the NFL was tough. Um, a lot of it becomes from a competitive standpoint. You question yourself a little bit. like, Oh, man, I made the right decision by going ahead and saying that I'm, that I'm done. Because uh, at the same time, and it didn't hit you until the game started playing. During the offseason, like, no, nah, I'm good. But, uh, yeah. but I think that was the competitive side of me. And then the other side was, you know, some of the injuries and things that I had through my NFL career and, uh, you know, missing the camaraderie of the locker room where you're helping young guys and you're having that, that talk that only you can have in the locker room where other people outside the world can't relate to because 
a guy that's younger than you, you can relate to that guy. So he's going to open up more to you maybe than he would a brother or sister because you're living the same life that he's living. Mm. And, you know, you may be going through some of the same issues and problems and everything. So he'll come to you for that advice. So I kind of missed that part of the game when I, uh, when I was, when I walked away, but I knew it was the right time. It wasn't my heart anymore. Uh, if I'm going to do something, I got to be a hundred percent all the way in it. And football is something that you just don't walk on the field halfway in it and, and feel like you're going to have success. So, you know, at that point I had prayed on it. But I, I told the other team that was trying to sign me, I said, look, I can't give it a hundred percent. I'm just going to walk away. And mm-hmm. I chose to do that in 2015, and uh, and you know that led me to where I what I do now. I do a little bit of radio for Auburn, Auburn Network during the football season. Yeah. Um, and then I work with 12 year olds, my nephews. I work with his little his little age group for us, uh, basketball and uh, football goes this time of the year. So it's given me an opportunity to to relate to a lot of kids and being able to give back and, you know, tell these parents they're growing up now because every parent that their kid going to approach her out of fifth grade, I'm like, look, <laughs> kid not going to jump from, from fifth grade all the way to the pros. I'm oh. like, you know, let the kid enjoy the game. Let him have fun and enjoy it and grow. I was like, how you put so much pressure on him as a kid, he may not, he may grow away from the game. He may not even like it as much anymore because he never had that chance to just have fun. So I was like, let him have fun. I like, let the coaches coach. And let him have fun. Don't be put so much pressure on. You got to do this or you got to do that. Like let him learn. And uh, and I think that's giving me an opportunity to talk to parents and be around them and everything. But that first year is tough, though. You know, that yeah. first year out the NFL is tough. But then, but now it gets better as you as you grow. And uh, and far as the injury standpoint, you know, you still have to take care of your body. You know, you have to nurse a lot of the injury that you had in the pros that you still deal with on a daily day basis. Oh, absolutely. Well, no, that, that's uh, that's pretty cool that, that you've been able to go back to your alma mater and be a part of the, the football program on the on the radio side and, and just being around uh, the team. So that's that's cool to hear. And and so you, you've you led us into a, a little bit of your 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 football career and, and even one of the tougher seasons on the field and off the field, talking about being with the Raiders and, and, and what you went through personally uh, with a fiance as well as an injury. And and so let, let's kind of jump back into that story um, as far as really what you learned through that and, and what God revealed to you and, and ultimately how your your faith, even today, as you look back at kind of that season in life and, and the, the, the defining moment, I, I guess, or the defining season that it became for you. Yeah, it uh, it kind of shaped me a moment. You know, you always hear saying when people say, you know, things happen in life for a reason. You know, uh, if you accept it the right way and you know and see it, then it's just molding you to become a better person. And then also, sometimes things doesn't happen the time you wanted to happen because God has something better for you. Mm. And and that's the thing. Like sometimes as humans, and you know, we get impatient. You know, and everything. We want to go ahead and make decisions so quickly because we feel like, oh, we're running out of time or we're running out of, you know, all my friends did it or my friends doing this and why I'm not doing this or why this hasn't happened for me yet, you know, and I'm so tired of being patient, you know, I'm just going to be impatient. So Mm. you get to those aspects of your life and sometimes you can do things at a time and and then all of a sudden God pumps the brakes and say, "Uh uh-uh, not right now. And sometimes you find yourself frustrated, you be like, Man, like, you know, I'm not trying to stay out here in this single life. You know, I want to be married. I want to have my family and all this type of stuff. I'm like, God, what is it? Why I can't have 
have this. My friends are having it. Like, what, what's why well, I'm not having it? So then I feel like maybe I had rushed my decision to get engaged because of those reasons. Mm. And not understanding that, you know, you married the wrong person, you can be in a world of headache for a long time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so... <laughs> So that taught me from a lesson to just be patient. You know, like what's meant for you is for you. And no one can take that away from you. You know, when God's ready for you to have that, you will have that. And no matter how much you try to push it or force it, it's just not going to happen. Man. And and, it, and, you, and you won't feel it naturally. So, you know, through that, you know, he's taught me a, a lot and everything. And, uh, and there are people out there that's better for you. There are someone that's for you, but you have to get that opportunity. You know, sometimes it's making those tough decisions when you're engaged or in relationships to have to walk away. And uh, but that was something I had to do. It was hard because you cared a lot for the other person. It wasn't just about me. It was for the other person too. You know, because you know they're just going through heartbreak. Maybe they don't see things the same way you see things. True. And everything, they don't understand it the way you do. So it makes things a little bit harder. And, but at the same time, you got to stand firm and strong and just know, like, look, God's going to take care of them just like he takes care of you. That's you right. Know? So, you know, don't be worrying about trying to fix everything. You know, if he got you to that point, he'll fix that part as well. And But the other person has to be able to receive it as well. And so it taught me a lot about uh, a lot about life at that time. Sometimes I used to beat myself up and be like, oh, man, if I wasn't engaged to that person, then, Maybe I would have got my big contract, or maybe I would have been still starting for the Raiders and having a good career. I'm just like, no, you're not supposed to live that way. Mm. You know, like I feel like sometimes we beat ourselves up as people and we never forgive ourselves. And, you know, I held on that for a couple of years. Wow. And I just kept beating me up as a player and as a person. And, you know, and uh, I just felt like it was, a, I felt like I was attacking my own self. Mm. And I feel like going through, going through that, you know, it taught me a lot because when I look back at it, I'm like, man, I've been beating myself up for years, but I got to stop this. Yeah. And I finally got to a point where, where I was like, okay, forget the past, forgive yourself, and look forward to the future. Mm. And just understand what God has given you is more than enough because had I got the big contract or whatever, it may have changed everybody around me. It may have changed my life dramatically not in the way that I thought it would, it may have brought more problems and more issues that would have just been too much. And so I've gotten to a point in my life now where I'm content with what I've had, what I have, and I'm content at where I'm at in my life and understanding that things are better and things will get better for me. And and I just got to continue to believe that and, and trust in that and understand that because, and just not try to make those decisions on my own and not try to rush things and just uh, live one day at a time and just be patient. Amen. Wow, what a good word from Jason Campbell right now on Unpacking It, former NFL player, star at Auburn, and, and now working with the radio team at Auburn. And, and you mentioned that, that for a couple of years you were, you were struggling to kind of let go of, oh, man, things didn't go this way, or what if I would have done this differently? And, and I think people can relate to a, a similar mindset because we, you know, we all wrestle through things from our past and, and things that, that ultimately we need to let go of and move forward with. How, how did you really get to that point? You said you got to that, that kind of turning point of, of finally realizing, all right, I don't, I don't need to, to dwell on this anymore. But what got you to that point? It got me to that point because I kept looking at my life. I was like, okay, I keep worrying about the same thing over and over, and I'm stalemate. 
you know, like I haven't moved forward in my life because maybe I've been worrying about the wrong thing for too long. Mm. And, you know, maybe I just haven't given it to God. And said, uh, you know, you know, I need help in this area of my life. You know, and I'm so used to, as a quarterback, you're used to being in control of a lot of things. You mm. know, decision making on the field, the balls in your hand, most almost every snap. And, uh, you know, the way you prep and all that type of stuff. But in life, you're not in control of anything. Mm. You know, like you, you can control some things, you know, but a lot of it you can't. And it got me to a point where I just had to say, okay, I'm letting go of this hurt and this guilt that I put on myself for beating myself up and saying how my career didn't end the way that I thought it should have ended. Mm. And uh, I felt like my career was taken away from me in my prime years of my career. And uh, I was just turning 30 years old and I was having the best you know, season as a pro and, you know, and we were winning. And I was just like, those are the things that prepare you to keep being a starter mm. and to have to, to have to take a seat knowing that you're still good enough and to be out there playing and starting but you have to sit on the sidelines and watch. That took a lot out of me because I was feel like my prime years of my career, somebody just took it and yoked it away from me. Mm. And it wasn't. And the hardest thing that hurt me the most was it had nothing to do with my play. Mm. If it had something to do with my play, then I could have understood it a lot better. I could have dealt with it. I could have you know, accepted it. But the fact that I was playing really well and 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 playing good, that that what hurt me the most. And for that, I couldn't ever, ever just understand that. And that just always stuck with me. Mm. And I always ask people, I was like, man, do you think I, I like, you know, like why, you know? And then, and then I remember telling, talking to somebody, I had a friend tell me like, maybe if you kept starting or whatever, kept playing, maybe you got seriously injured. Mm. And maybe that seriously injured would have hurt you for the rest of your life. And you may not be able to do certain things in life. So instead of you just harping on it, you might need to just accept it and know that God was protecting you from something. Wow. And just like he came and protected you from getting with the wrong person in a marriage, he probably did the same thing for you in your football life. Mm. Where he looking at it like, I know you may not understand now, but there could possibly something could have been a whole lot worse than a broken collarbone had mm. I kept playing and, you know, you see now where all the injuries that guys are dealing with from minds and everything, like you never know what God was protecting me from. So I have to, I have to stop putting guilt on myself and just say, you know what, you're right. Let me stop questioning what happened and let me be thankful for what happened and thankful it was just a collarbone and accept the, and accept it because God could be protecting me from a more serious injury. So just accept it. And, and move on and just understand that, man, God is in control. And I had to get to that point. And then in my personal life, yeah, you want the wife and the kids. I had to get to that point as well. Like, hey, that's all going to happen. Mm. It's probably going to happen as soon as I stop worrying about it. Because ah, yeah. worrying about it is not going to get me anywhere. So when I did that, it helped me in my life. It helped me start to see things differently. You know, you have to make some tough decisions. And, you know, you... you you gain friends over the year, you lose friends over the year, but if a person is around you and they're not trying to help you grow, then you have to ask yourself, why are you here? You know, and I tell people, like, it doesn't mean they have to make certain money or do certain things, but from a mentalist standpoint, a spiritual standpoint, are you trying to help me grow or I'm trying to help you grow or 
we trying to grow together. Like, what's your alternative? Like, you know, no one's perfect and no one's a finished product yet. We're all working on some area in our life where we're weak at or some area in our life where we're strong at or we may feel like we're too strong at and you need to be humbled down a little bit. So mm. at some point in your life, everybody's working on something and we all just don't know what it is, but you know, and God knows what it is. And you just have to have that one-on-one conversation with him. Cause I do feel like sometimes, you know, people as us as believers or, you know, like we can be too hard on other folks because you see something on their life. And I remember being at church two weeks ago and the pastor was saying, Hey, how soon we forget where we were three, four years ago, mm. you know, and God started changing our lives and then you start to pass judgment or condemnation on other people. And wow. when you see where they're at, and they're like, no, you don't get the right to do that. That's that's not what you're supposed to do. Because sometimes you can deter people away instead of helping them through it and seeing them and showing them another way. That'll bring them closer. And mm. sometimes we can push people away because sometimes people, I don't know, we don't do it perfectly, but sometimes we can feel like we're being judgmental or you're, you know, condemning on someone instead of understanding, like, look, everybody goes through a problem or everyone's, you know, if people have an addiction, you know, don't beat up on them, you know, try to get them help, you know, mm-hmm. try to talk to them, try to, you know, lure them, spend some time with them instead of just talking about them and, and, and you know, just pushing them out the door. What what a good word, man. So so many great nuggets in there. And uh, gosh, I, I could talk to you all day because I, I, I appreciate your transparency and your heart and and just your uh, ability to reflect on on what God has done in your life. Uh, and I, I find it very encouraging and inspiring to me and, and I know to the audience as well. So, so man, Jason, really, really appreciate you, you sharing all that. And, and thanks so much for, for joining us on unpacking it today. And, and I tell you what, we'll, we'll have to do this again because there, there's so much more to unpack, but, but really appreciate all that, that you were willing to, to tell us today. I yeah, appreciate it, Bryce. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. There's Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback, Auburn star quarterback and currently working with the radio team at Auburn and appreciate him joining us on unpacking it today.